What's up, WizKids, and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Jamoke Davis here with Chris Gehring and Zach Rosen. We are breaking down the Washington Wizards game over this weekend and looking ahead to the West Coast road trip. Uh, we have a great show for you because coming up after this, we will have the senior VP of Marketing and Brand Strategy, Hunter Lockman, uh, for the Washington Wizards and Washington Capitals. Basically, he runs all of our marketing for Monumental Sports Entertainment. Looking forward to having him on the show later. But first, let's break down Wizards basketball. Guys, uh, I am going to willingly admit that I was a little worried about Detroit coming in here. We won that first game 115-111. to I thought that it would be a harder game for the Wizards this go-round. Actually, it, it was a little easier. I was pleasantly surprised at how they were able to easily dispatch with the Detroit Pistons without John Wall. Chris Carey, what did you see from that game that just the Wizards look like a different team? Yeah, it was a complete second half. We've gotten used to seeing some letdowns in the third quarter, and I think at halftime – you, you expect that the other team will make their run at some point. And he won 109-91. Right. And, and, that, and that never happened for the Pistons. So it's a combination of a lot of things. It's a really good night from the bench. Thomas Sadaransky really had his first, like, you know, attention-grabbing game for, for a lot of people, I think. And seeing that from him was, was super encouraging, especially with John out, especially with this trip coming up. He was excellent. Keith Morris looked really good, which is his, important. His best game of the year, yeah. easily. Yeah. Important coming off of his injury, and there's been some talk about him getting back in shape, him getting back into the, the, the flow with the team. And while some of that is, again, hard without John Wall, it was really, really important for him to have a game like that, I thought, to be kind of the focused leading scorer. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about the team winning without John Wall, but Bradley Beal didn't score that many points against Detroit either. And so mm-hmm. being able to beat a team that's that good with all the talent that we talked about last week without a Herculean effort from Bradley Beal also is, I think, really impressive and, and something to note. Um, it's a good complete game. Mark- good defensive game. They, 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 looked, they looked good on the offensive end. They closed, game, they closed the game out. There was never really a doubt in the second half. Yeah. Um, those are all good things. Marchant also had a double-double with 12 points, 5 of 10 from the field. Uh, but as you mentioned, Keith Morris played 27 minutes, 23 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 10 of 16 from the field. Zach, just your your thoughts on that game. And I think we both kind of said, you know, hey, Detroit could be a formidable opponent in this matchup. I mean, they came into the game 14-6, and six, so yeah. there wasn't a secret that they, they were playing very well. Uh, I, you know, I, I really don't know what happened, but the, the 17-0 run to start the third quarter was like mm-hmm. almost mesmerizing from a team without John Wall with Beal struggling. Yeah. Um, they really just kind of shut down Andre Drummond to begin with, who's been having a great year. I mean, I think Coach Brooks had a very good point before the game. Some, some are saying, you know, Drummond has become a much better free throw shooter. Sure, he was 4 of 5 in this game but they limited his free throws and he had been shooting only 63% I think in his last like two weeks of play or something like that. So the wizards weren't afraid to play the Pistons like any other year Mm -hmm. with Andre Drummond there. And that was important. They didn't, you know, slowed like change the way they played him from the first time. And I I thought that was kind of the difference. I mean, the Pistons came back late in that first matchup to make it close. The wizards had basically 
you know, beaten them the whole game. It was kind of a, a late game heroics thing from them. Um, but yeah, the the Wizards just kept the Pistons in check. I mean, it was all about defense, really. Yeah. Uh, they forced 15 turnovers for 17 points. Uh, yeah, Sadoransky, who's got 22 turnover, no, 22 assists, zero turnovers in the last 88 minutes of mm-hmm. action. It's like the third longest streak in the NBA since Thanksgiving uh, without a turnover. Um, it it really just was a great effort. I mean, the bench has been phenomenal. 46 points per game in the last four since John left. Uh, or, you know, taking his two weeks off. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably – I think I said that about the the Timberwolves game, probably the best one of the season. This probably matched that as the yeah. best team win of the season. Yeah. Just an overall great effort. I mean, I guess Beal and Oubre, you know, two of your best players didn't even play well, and you, and you won by 18. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Like, if you look at – they won the rebound advantage. They had less turnovers, less fouls, paint, more free throws, assists, steals, more blocks, points in the paint, fast break points, bench points, largest lead. And I think, too, when you look at the guys who did the scoring, Otto, Keefe, Sato, super efficient, all, all three yeah. of them. And I, I also noticed that Sato and, and Tim Frazier, we could talk about a little bit, too. Frazier with six assists, Sato with four assists. They were finding guys in spots that they felt comfortable. We mm-hmm. saw Keith take shots that we know that he's comfortable taking We in spots where he likes it. Um, and that's an impressive point for Sadoransky, I think, too. And it's a, it's a big testament to him because he played a lot of minutes. Um, he distributed the ball well. He made plays when he, when he saw an opening. He knocked down three-pointers, which is something that was not necessarily a – um, a key to his game when he first joined this team. And I think that all of those developments are important for for his NBA future, for this team, and really becoming a guy that can can really contribute, hopefully. And I, I think that's what everybody hopes from, from Sadoransky because his frame, his athleticism, his leaping ability, all those things check the boxes of what, of what you want in an NBA guard. And now he's been able to really refine that game we talked about this offseason he he worked with a shooting a shooting coach in germany and you can see the benefits of it you can you can watch him be a lot more conf- confident comfortable and um he's starting to establish a rapport with these guys which is which is important and and is super important especially with this big road trip that we have hopefully that continues to continues to grow Especially because it was only one home game sandwiched in between the back-to-back yeah. on the road. Now they're gone for 10 days. Yeah. Not that it could have been a letdown, but, like, you're mm-hmm. barely home and you're going back out. Like, maybe the focus is not quite there. I mean, Jeremy, Will, you, you, you two travel too. You you know that you're probably packing and thinking about that road trip no before question. that Detroit game. Yeah. You're pro- yep. In your mind, you're preparing. You're actually packing your clothes and you're going to get out of here. Um, it was go-go night, a great night, we, which we'll talk to Hunter about. We announced our new G League team that will be yeah. playing here in Southeast Capital City Go-Go. We'll get more on from the, the brains behind how they came up with that from Hunter. Um, it was just a really, really good night and, mm-hmm. and a nice little yeah. weekend game, yep. feeling good before they go on the road. Um, and now they do go on the road, and they go to Utah and Portland and L.A., uh, I, I Phoenix, just, Phoenix, and then Brooklyn. It's yeah. just, man. I mean, what, what are you, what are you guy, what are you guys thinking out at road trip? I know we kind of talked before we started. Four and one is, if I had to That's say my prediction, that'd be my prediction. Four and I, one. I think they'll go three and two. I don't 
I suspect I'll maybe just the toughest game is in Portland to begin with because mm-hmm. that's a really good team, and we saw them here come back yep. in the final three minutes and take a win. But also the second night of a back-to-back, Portland actually hasn't played since Saturday, Man. and then they don't play again after this game Straight until next chilling. Saturday Straight while the chilling. Wizards are playing four games in that time frame instead of one. Um, so I suspect that's going to be the toughest game. But, I mean, you want to get Utah tonight. Rudy Gobert is back. He's been out. The Gobert Rapport. He destroyed the Wizards the, the last couple of years. I mean, he's just really a tough matchup. It's nothing the Wizards couldn't do. He's just a massive human. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. he's rusty. Uh, I, I mean, back. he can't play as much as he usually does. Like, yeah. There's no way. He returned to practice on Sunday, and he's playing Monday. So yeah. we'll see about that. The Blake Griffinless Clippers are, you know, slumping. Phoenix Suns are always slumping. They have won I don't know since Blake Griffin went out. You saw the Suns' effort against the Celtics Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon. Defense was not not doing so hot. High scoring game. Yeah, Devin Booker got hurt, came back, scored thirty eight points. I think he's all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think let's see, there's a few other notes. Phoenix, as Jeremy loves pointing out, is returning <laughs> from a road trip on that Thursday. And that's their first home game back from a road trip. Mm-hmm. Which Jeremy always says those teams usually lose those games, uh, so that could be Jeremy an opportunity. Knows his stuff. Follow yeah, Jeremy. He's got Hyman, that experience. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then that Clippers game Saturday is actually twelve thirty Pacific Pacific time because the LA Kings have a game at Staples that night, and the Clippers are in the midst of a homestand then as well. So just kind of some schedule notes that really impact the Wizards, who are obviously you know going to be in four cities and five nights basically so Mm -hmm. it's a rough road luckily you know the opponents in terms of strength of schedule are not as bad as maybe we would have thought before the season because Mm -hmm. we thought the Clippers would be really good yeah that would be a tough game and I think Brooklyn was supposed to be better so Phoenix traded Eric Bledsoe I mean a lot has changed in a month Yeah. yeah when you look at this trip the back three games of that trip look a lot better now than they certainly did and you might you could argue right now that Brooklyn it might be the toughest game it's at the end of a trip it's coming back east and they're they're a scrappy team that's gotten some wins and so you might say that that's the that's the toughest one but it's a good thing that we got two road back-to-backs already under our belt because Utah and Portland are are going to prove to be another challenge Portland or sorry excuse me uh Utah their pace or lack thereof gave us a lot of trouble last season and certainly they have players that can that can kind of change that donovan mitchell is a is a super athletic guy um rodney hood is a volume scorer rubio likes to push the pace and move the ball but so they'll be a different team they have a lot of different different pieces now but if they play at that plotting pace again um that's certainly contrary to how how we like to play and so we'll see how that affects the game this this time around certainly a lot of talent they haven't gotten a lot of the results that i think they wanted um, much like much like the Wizards, and so um, it's going to be a good test. It's going to be a fun game. It's always an interesting, a really really interesting game in Utah. So. Okay, and we know Which, about Portland. If Rodney you, Hood is is not playing, by the way, tonight. Oh, there you go. So if, that, that's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. That's definitely good. If you could go on the trip, what city are you most looking to visit now? Will McKinley, you put in LA travels, and New York in that, so it's hard. Who travels? Yeah. Right, right. So Will McKinley, who travels with the team, he uh, works with Jeremy, records all the interviews, puts them up on Monumental Sports Network, WashingtonWizards.com, Facebook page, all of that stuff. He said Utah because they have really? the best sushi. 
there's a sushi restaurant in Utah that's amazing in Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City gets a bad rap for, you know, like the lack of nightlife, whatever. And like, that's certainly, certainly true and certainly possible, but I'm sure it's a beautiful city, you know, mountains like and all that stuff. There. Yeah. So that's great. Um, Portland has the Nike store. Mine is Portland because I want to go to Nike and, and the Adidas yeah. store. Phoenix has great yeah. weather. So and then there's LA. And Phoenix New York. has one trip. of the best movie theaters I've ever been to. You can take <laughs> real food in there. It's amazing. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a it's a really good trip. Lots of great cities. I'm jealous of Jeremy and Will getting to go to uh to the Nike Superstore tomorrow. Um, might have to put in some requests. So. <laughs> uh, that would be my pick just because of that and because I think Portland's a unique city. Never been there, but um, be a fun one to visit. But it's going to be a good trip, good tests for uh, for the Wizards, and um, it'll be good to see them back home for four after being gone for yeah, ten days. So I really think they 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 want to. You got to win the Phoenix and the Clippers games for sure. Yep. The other ones will be hard to win. I I honestly think a Utah Portland back to back on the road might be one of the hardest like low key draws you can have. Yeah. Utah is so good at home. Portland is so good at home too, and I mean Portland's playing really well. Utah's what five in a row now, so mm-hmm. that that's a tough back to back, but it's a good test for a team that has been playing as a team since Wall went out. Hopefully, we'll see him, you know, in a few weeks too. No updates really, but things are going well from yeah. what he said uh, on Friday. That was, I think. Takashi is the the sushi place in Salt Lake City that Will is excited about. But we're also excited because coming up next, we will have the Senior VP of Marketing and Brand Strategy for Monumental Sports Entertainment, Hunter Lockman, coming up. And we'll ask him about how they come up with uh, Capital City Go-Go and what is the connection between him, Kelly Oubre, and Keith Morris. It's a strong one. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back, Wiz Kids. Zach Rosen here with Chris Gehring, Jacob Rame, and a very special guest and dear friend of ours here today. It's the Senior Vice President of Brand, Strategy, and Marketing of Monumental Sports and Entertainment, Hunter Lockman, a award-winning listener also, That's right. I may add. So I feel, like, I feel like we need to do full disclosure here. Hunter's our boss. That's right. Yeah. So uh, yeah. if you don't feel like the questions are fair, that's yeah. why. Yep. Journalists and we integrity. can edit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I but. am. Uh, I'm very honored to be here, boys. Now I get to peek behind the curtain of what you guys do all day. <laughs> that's right. As if you didn't know. That's yeah, right. Trust me, I know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're having Hunter on here today mainly to talk about how the Capital City Go Go, our new G League team that was announced on Friday, came to be. Kind of the story behind that. Uh, what it means to the Wizards, Monumental Sports and Entertainment as a company as well. Uh, and then we'll have a few other questions uh, just for fun for Hunter at the nice. end as well. You didn't tell me that. Oh. So, Hunter, uh, I mean, let's start with the background. We we have heard kind of from Ted at his yeah. halftime press conference yep. that this the idea of the go-go was was not there's no crazy story about it. Someone kind of just suggested it to Ted at well, one point. You know, as I as I look around the room, there's Three neophytes to D.C., right? Zach, Chris, and myself, Jacob, and Jamoke, the original OG. Um, in Gogo, I didn't know what Gogo music was. And last year, the first post-game concert, sponsored by Monster, um, <laughs> was Gogo Night. And, you know, I'd, I'd heard about it, didn't really, you know, understand it. Uh, when I went to that concert and I saw the reaction and the call and response, I was like, oh, my God, like, this 
this is legit. And I think since then, um, as I immersed myself in Gogo and, and quite frankly, found out I knew more about Gogo than I realized because EU back in the day in the butt, which it sounds like I shouldn't be saying it, but it's a popular song. Um, but we now I know what Gogo music <laughs> is. Right. Um, and, you know, when, when you when you brand a new team with the NBA, there's a lot of requirements, a lot of timelines. And we got word probably back in April that um, we needed to have a brand logo name by January 1st. So literally, you know, in May, two different folks internally, uh, one, Rebecca Wynn, our esteemed leader of Wizards Marketing, and two, Dan Shanoff, the content guru for uh, One Mentor Sports Network, um, literally Three days apart, I get an email from Becca. What about the go-go? Where are the go-go's? And then I got one from Shanoff a few days later. And as a marketer, like when you get two of the same idea coming from the same direction, there's something to it. And we slowly but surely vetted it out internally. I think you heard Ted the other night say Roger Modi, one of our other owners, sent him a note in June with a similar idea. And we knew we were on to something. And, and convincing um, – Others wasn't that hard, quite frankly. You know, we, we, we've edited out other names, too. Um, Go-Go just came to the forefront. And then I think we did it the right way. We went to a lot of stakeholders internally, um, different levels. Uh, obviously, ownership was on board. Basketball ops was on board. But the one group we didn't talk to was the Go-Go community. And Quentin Addison, um, who is born and bred D.C., uh, in our productions group, Knows everybody, knows a lot of folks in the GoGo community. And before a Wizards game in November, we had a nice focus group where Chuck Casher, who we'll talk to a little bit, talk about a little bit more, our great creative director who really uh, put together the look and feel, uh, gave a nice presentation in front of this group. And when we got to the reveal page of the name and the logo, um, you know, the oohs, the ahs, the clapping. And I think more than anything, the heart felt like this means a lot to us in this community. And I want to thank Mr. Leontis and Monumental Sports for thinking of this. So we knew we had something. We were really excited to debut it the other night. Two things. One, I think you could hear when we heard Junkyard Band perform on Friday night, they were so genuinely excited and told the whole crowd they were. Um, I think it's so appreciated by the community. It's so appreciated that the way we went about it. And two, I've been spending a lot of time following the social comments. Yep. Um, and I've noticed, you know, that some people respond to our posts with, what the heck is this? You know, or what is a go-go? Da, da, da. And every time you see that, you get six different people from D.C. Yeah. just crushing them. Yep. And that's what I love is this, this name embodies D.C. Yep. It's such an homage to a different part of our city's rich cultural history yep. than just monuments, government, yep. whatever. Yep. And I'm I'm just I'm just stoked. And it's something that last season, again, I'm from Ohio. Zach's from Wisconsin. You know, I had never heard go-go music. Yep. Seeing that reaction is is awesome. And then once I had heard that music, you know, walking outside my apartment, yep. walking home on a warm day, I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody pull up to a stoplight with the window down, yep. and I hear the drums, I hear the go-go music. Yep. It really is unique to this to this region, and it's really cool. And since we've you know been kind of behind the scenes and planning the release of this team it's been like this is really cool these people are really going to like this and it's going to be a cool opportunity for us to kind of pump up that culture that history all that thing in southeast with the new arena the, and the, the way i've looked the way i've looked at it i knew that 
you know, folks all over the country when we announced it. And you saw some on Twitter and social media that, like, what, what kind of name is this? And that's great because do a little research. They're going to find out what Go-Go Music is. And that was one of the questions that, that came out of the focus group is they were excited because they knew that Go-Go Music is now there's going to be a, a light shown across the entire country, right? And and then, you know, fast forward a year when we start playing in the um, St. E's Arena, um, the Go-Go Music, and we just have to figure out what, what is the idea in arena. Is it having a house band every game? You know, that's been an idea that's been brought to us. Um, but there's going to be an authentic feel to it, and I think that's that's what we're excited about. It's really cool. Even last even last week, me and Zach were at the Jay Z concert, and you know he mentioned his band. Yeah, he was just like, man, my band's got kind of a go go feel to it, and it's something that he knew going into this. You know, he's a superstar, and he's from New York. Um, coming to our crowd, yep. coming to our arena, it's still something that he mentioned organically. Yep, it's not something that was like planted. And he was, and, and you could tell that he got a reaction from the crowd. It's part of this community. It's just, it's just really, really cool. You know, I, we can't really say that enough. But one, it's really one other awesome. thing, kind of going back to the creation of the brand, is is the league. Um, you know, if you look around at all the G League teams across the uh, the scope of the league, that you have, um, you know, you could take a simple team. You can take the parent company's name, like the Westchester Knicks or the Northern Arizona Suns, um, or you could do a uh, you know little slight difference, whether it's the um, Delaware 87ers, which is the 76ers brand, or you can take a completely different route and a unique name, which is what we did. And, and again, I go back to the fact that we were allowed to come up with a fun name like that and to really pay homage to to the local city. And then now I got to give the shout out to Chuck, uh, Chuck Casher, our creative director, who, you know, we work with some pretty talented design firms through the NBA, through the NHL, as the other part of my job, and. To do this in-house and to do it, I think, so well, um, you know, there's a lot of people with a lot of feedback and, and to listen to all the feedback and really come up with, you know, it's the little hidden um, Easter eggs in the logo. Like if you look closely and you see the hyphen in go-go is within the conga drum, you know, it's the D.C. flag and the colors of the, th- the three prongs of the drum can represent the three stars. I mean, that's that's the really well thought out stuff the secondary logo which hasn't gotten a ton of exposure yet because we haven't really pushed it this musical note and i'm not a music major but the two notes on it which differentiates us from the jazz and the fact that one of the notes is right over southeast where the arena will be i mean he he did an outstanding job i've seen multiple people on social media say that they're getting that as a tattoo asap wow yeah it's awesome we've had people ask for we've had people ask for merchandise we've had people ask for tickets it's it's really created you know it's just the beginning yep. for all of this but um it's really really exciting as a as a marketer and a brand guy it's very fun to you know that's the the, the pros and cons of social media you know quickly if something worked and i think the five of us in this room feel really good about you know what transpired the other night and and where to go from here uh, i guess my question was going to be a lot goes into making any kind of team and we've done you know, three three different launches and since your time here, basically, what what can you tell everyone that really like every little thing that goes into it? You know, starting with the it starts with the logo and the reveal, yep. but from now, there's a lot that still needs to happen. Oh yeah, well, and and I'll go back one one other note. And this was Becca, the aforementioned uh, Becca Wins idea is we released this on GoGo Night, so we knew we had a concert series again based on the success last year. We knew we were going to have a GoGo Night. We knew. 
we had to announce this before January 1st due to the NBA um, asking us to. And everything lined up perfectly to, so to surprise the fans with Go-Go to be followed by the Go-Go concert. Again, it was just a nice, nice template. Now, going forward, we are a year away from playing. Um, we, have new, we have partners in Events DC on the arena. We have partners within the Go-Go community. Um, I heard from Chuck Brown's manager over the weekend who was very positive and um, it's shining a, a brighter light on Chuck too and wanting to do more together. So I think after the holidays is when we got to get a lot of groups together. Us and, you know, we have a great group here in Franchise Operations who, uh, you know, handle some of the other properties, the Mystics and the Valor and the Brigade on the AFL side and Jeff Bowler, Brian Gleason, Dana Campbell and that crew working closely with them on you know putting together a marketing and communication plan and again working closer with the city and those entities on on setting the stage to make it authentic over at the arena uh so with the go-go they're starting again 2018 19 there's a new arena we we talked to uh, a very special guest so we're not going to give it away yet coming thursday and monday a two-parter a lot about that area a lot of people are probably saying well ward 8 underdeveloped what what is the plan to to kind of use this team this arena this practice facility to revitalize that community was that thought of a, a lot with this launch in mind as well with the go-go music well i think so right i think we're speaking exactly to that community and the, the lifelong residents who i've spoken to who live there who had um internal knowledge of the name love it and again to to go to root for something that you feel so close to and was part of your past um we're hoping that's going to be the case. And it's just going to be this organic fandom that comes from neighborhood and city pride. And how fun is it going to be to connect? So now, like, having our own basically minor league team, and we see the connections with baseball all the time. Teams in baseball have different relationships with their minor league team than we're going to get to have. Yep. I guess what's kind of the, the key difference for that for us from both a business and, you know, marketing standpoint, but all those different kind of dovetails that we can yep. create. Between the two. I, I, I'm just so excited. I mean, we're this is the first year with the two-way players, and, you know, whomever those are a year from now, whether it's um, Mr. Young or Devin, um, they're going to become household names in that community. I think I think there's going to be an understanding. Because I think if you were to ask the average Wizards fan right now about two-way players, it's a little murky. Yeah. Next year, they're going to know. Yeah. And, and to be able to have that connection to that team, um, whether it's – and I can't speak really, you know, intelligently about it, but whether it's an injury comeback, you know, John Wall's coming back in a couple of weeks and a year from now, would he have a game where he came? I don't know. Um, I haven't paid that much attention around the G League, but it's going to be really exciting to have that connective tissue for sure. How did, um, and this is a genuine question that I don't know the answer to actually, how did we determine Capital City versus Washington, D.C.? Um, so, great question. And I give Brian Gleason, um, who the, who I had mentioned on the franchise operations team. You know, again, we had a lot of iterations of the, of the logo, of the name. Um, again, it was an ode to I, – I was talking to somebody the other day, and as I was talking to him, I was having my lunch with Capital City Mambo Sauce, which was very apropos. It was the day before Go-Go Night, and I'm thinking – this is perfect. And it's, you know, it's another nickname. Um, Chuck, our creative director, did a great job of looking at the history of our logos and marks. And, and gosh, don't quote me on the year. I think 1973, it was the Capitol Bullets. 
And it was taking that one step further to connect it to another nickname, whether you're driving down 295 and you see the capital city. Uh, and it's just the nomenclature of the city. And we wanted to be different. I mean, everyone has D.C. DMV, it's a mixed bag, right? I mean, we call it that. A lot of people who are from outside think it's the uh, the Farm driving motor vehicles, right? And and it's and that's tough. So I think it was a really fun way to do it. And you know, I, I honestly haven't read a lot of the feedback on Capital City versus DC, but again, it's a different way uh, to separate ourselves. You know, I saw speaking of Mumbo Sauce, I saw somebody on Twitter, and uh, and we can cut this part if this is going to be a legitimate thought for us. But I saw someone on Twitter suggest that our mascot be a giant bottle of Mumbo Sauce. Well. I think there's a lot of ideas. I've heard uh, <laughs> buckets, you know, whether it's yeah. the nomenclature of playing on the buckets. Um, and getting buckets. And getting buckets. See, it's double entendre, as Love they it. say. <laughs> Love right. it. There's a lot. There's going to be a lot. I mean, that, and that's the next step. We were so focused on Friday night. Um, we'll get to the holidays, and then we'll uh, we'll get together with some of the, the folks I mentioned to, to think about some of these, these other next steps and assets. Bringing it back to the Wizards, and this also applies to the Capitals. What is it like to? I mean, you've you've worked for uh, several other teams as well, but to what market? Are you trying to say? No, I'm saying you have experience <laughs> uh, with your experience, just branding, uh, just two different leagues really yeah. at the same time. Yep. I mean, it's a very unique position to be in. So, what what goes into that for you on a day to day basis? I, I think a lot of people, you know, they know what a general manager does, but maybe not you know the marketing side it's very behind the scenes you know it's it's fun honestly it's the first time i've ever done two completely different leagues like that with two different fan bases you know one of my former um spots in madison square garden i worked for the knicks but we're sat in the same meetings as the rangers folks and you shared a lot of things we tried a couple cross promotions it just doesn't work i mean my theory has always been you can be fans of both teams, but you can be an avid fan of only one. So either you're a basketball guy or a hockey guy or gals. Um, so the fun part is I get to wear two different hats, and one day it's a Wizards hat, the next day it's a Capitals hat. It's two different audiences. It's two different messages. Hockey, I will be honest, is it's a really fun sport, and I've enjoyed becoming a part of it. Um, In-game, it's like nothing else. Um, um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've worked in basketball for 13 years. Uh, so the behind-the-scenes stuff, it, for me, this last, these last 15 months, it's been learning a new sport, learning a culture of a new sport, learning the rules, uh, and, and I've enjoyed it. You know, I, this is my 10th season working for teams, and last year was my first playoff experience on both sides. 26 games in 32 days, and I was a wreck at the end, but I loved every second of it. Can you define interference for us? Uh, don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't I think anybody really can. Yeah. That's, that's the whole. Yeah, it's yeah. the whole thing in the NHL is that. Yeah. Well, we're that's a, there's like a reason we're a football. basketball podcast. You know, if James yeah. and them want to talk hockey with Hunter, they can. Uh, out of the box, what <laughs> would yeah. you call it? I don't know yeah, that's right. Uh, last question here, uh, Wizards, big homestand coming up after this road trip. What what really goes through your mind when you see a big homestand coming up, and how do you approach it? Um, get excited. Like, for instance, we're in the midst of a big Caps homestand. Sure. Um, this is the – tonight's the third of five. Um, it's fun. I mean, it's it's uh, laborious in some ways because you're here so much, but every game has its own story. Um, so when that Wizards – when we get back, I mean, the 13th versus Memphis, right? We got a, a team going a different direction. Um, 
I, as a Kansas grad, that is a Kansas alumni night on both sides. So I'm excited for that. We did tease. And there's the connection to well, Keith Morris and yes. Kelly Oubre. Yes. We teased Speaking that. You had a connection Monkey's to them. Um, but then uh, then the 15th, we got some things planned. Hopefully, we, we're not sure about John and when he's coming back. And then, of course, the 17th is Mr. James is back. And hopefully, there's a little course of revenge. Uh, so, yeah. so depending on... You know, our job as marketers is to help sell tickets, it's to help sell sponsorships, it's, it's to help build the brand, and it's to try to drive interest in those games. But I think we all know that this is a fun team to market for, to be digital guys for, to produce for. Um, selfishly, and I'll, and I'll say this, and I'm not just saying this because I'm in here, I think we got the best digital team in the country. Um, we have a mantra here, it's 50 win ready. Uh, yeah. and, our, and our boys are, uh, it's an important, road trip too right we'll we'll see really what happens important. um and and it's it's fun because we all live and die by every game every right? game every game um but it's fun i can attest to the fact that when, when we lose a close one um hunter will come in the next morning with a bags under his eyes because he legit doesn't sleep when we lose close games like after the blazers game i can guarantee hunter didn't sleep no i didn't that night yeah but yeah. i'll tell you what, friday night was a fun fun game you slept really well fun. friday night yes, especially we after the go-go release yes. went well we yeah. want to thank you, Hunter, for joining us today on uh, our Off the Bench episode. Uh, Wizards are in Utah tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be up late with you. Uh, catch us always, WashingtonWizards.com. Stay tuned for Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Arguably, the, I'm not even arguably, no. the biggest guest we've ever had, for sure. My trade deliver here? Yeah. What's yeah. that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Trust me. Uh, thanks again, Hunter. Uh, thanks ciao for, for now, Wiz Kids. We'll talk to you soon. Uh,